Hey everyone, just want to encourage you to find us on your listening platform and give us a rating. Anywhere you listen to that has a rating system, go on over and give us a rating and maybe leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts. These ratings really do help. Thank you so much for listening. On to this week's episode. Twist the bones and bend the back. Trim him of his baby fat. Give him fur back as black, just like this. Maybe this is fitting. Am I the Winifred of the three of us? Who knows? We'll determine that. You think you're the Winifred? That's so funny. I don't actually. Maybe. I hope I'm not. Uh, Even though Winifred is dope. Whatever. We're covering Hocus Pocus and Hocus Pocus 2 because, of course, we are. We're millennials. We're excited to talk about this. I'm Nicole. I'm Rolando. And this is Remakes, Reboots, and Revivals. An original podcast about unoriginality. Now, of course, you're immediately going to be a nonconformist and, and contradict the whole excited to talk about this episode. Yeah, I'm. well, I mean, okay. Uh, we'll just get right out. Did <laughs> did you want a Hocus Pocus sequel? It's not that I wanted it. I will take it. You know, they really? were like, oh, hey, here's a sequel 20, mm, not 20 years later, 30 years, like 29 years later. 29 years later. Yeah, we were like so close to the 30. They couldn't wait the year. Yeah, seriously. And it was like, uh, okay, sure. I'll take it. But Okay. But let's really be honest here. Really, really honest. Yeah. Let's is this honest. movie so good that it deserves this cult following? <laughs> well, that's, you know, that is total opinion, right? This mm-hmm. movie has such a deep cult following, though, for millennials, particularly straight women. I find that almost every straight woman I love has a Hocus Pocus mug, has a sweatshirt. It's like their ritual while drinking, you know, pumpkin spiced coffees. And it's like, I'm not judging, how, but these are like stereotypes. S- how many straight women of these? I mean, I know one, I guess. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't I don't know you to know many straight women. I know. I know plenty of straight women. You know, whether I them. hang out with them is no. <laughs> whether he knows what mugs they drink from. That's, that's a different story. I mean, literally, the, the women that I know post these mugs and then they comment on each other's mugs, you know. So, wow. yeah, okay. it's a it's a huge fan are base. They, are they Disney adults, though? They Yes, some of them are Disney okay. adults. Some of them um, are like Halloween is my Christmas or whatever. Oh, God. Um, you know, that whole personality is a little exhausting. I like Halloween, but like, let's, let's calm down here. Let's keep it to one day, maybe two weeks. True. And nothing beats like, Christmas. We don't need to start. Yeah, we. No, <laughs> I, I, I do prefer Halloween over Christmas. That's not true. I'm lying to myself. Yeah, come on. Christmas is better. I mean. I mean, I like the holiday season over, uh, but I do. I think Halloween is a lot of fun, like the fall season. But like, yeah, the people that start decorating like for Halloween, like in September, mm. it's just like, all right, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like I get it. You really took this trend and ran with it. That's true. I don't know. I'm trying to think of another film that could compete with the popularity of Hocus Pocus for, you know, a certain age group, maybe Mean Girls. Um, yeah, Mean Girls. I mean, Mean Girls is a good one. I think that's going to have like its longevity also. Yeah. Uh, People really with, like Halloween content, like Nightmare Before Christmas still has a strong fan base uh, with older people, not just children. Which is funny because I think that's more of a Christmas movie. 
Yeah. Uh, it's both, I guess, but you know, men's itself. The plot is about Christmas. Yeah, but it's all spooky. It that doesn't mean that it's not a Christmas movie. Yeah, but it also mends itself for Halloween. Uh, just because it takes place in Halloween Town does not make it a Halloween movie. This is it is a Christmas movie. He's literally trying to bring Christmas (laughs) into Halloween. I know, but he's in Halloween Town for like majority of the film. I know, but that's the whole point. He's trying to bring them into the holiday spirit. Therefore, it is a Christmas movie. Okay, debatable, but still, uh, we'll pause on that one. Uh, you know, this movie has such a strong fan base, but Disney Plus 29 years later was like, we have to make a sequel to it. And we have to capitalize off the fact that we have such a huge demographic that loves this movie. I mean, they brought like they do this whole Halloween show in the Disney World theme parks. I think Magic Kingdom only of the Hocus Pocus Anderson sisters meeting all the villains like they put this on nightly during Halloween season in Disney World. It's- oh, during the during Mickey's Halloween party. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you go into many stories, I saw so much Sanderson sisters content when I was in Disney World recently. So, you know, it's a cash grab for them, which is shocking because when Hocus Pocus came out, you know, it was a box office failure. Yeah, no, I, I knew this. So this I'm cult aware. following, you know, has been like really hardcore developed as the children who grew up on this movie got to turn to adults, essentially. Um, well, I mean, you know what? I mean, you know how we got like brainwashed into into this film right <laughs> i love the energy yeah. you're already meeting this episode with but yeah tell me why how did we get brainwashed it was constantly playing on like disney channel and abc family well fox family at the time mm-hmm. uh they were constantly playing it during october and i mean uh that's how i came across it the first time and stuff and then it became like a yearly rental for you know october and absolutely stuff to watch. i agree with you uh, and then, you know, that's how it became ingrained in, like, kind of our millennial society. But I do think they force a lot of content on us, but not all of it sticks. This one stuck, if that's a word. Uh, Stuck? I this think one, is... I'm going to make that up. It's stuck. <laughs> um, yeah, yes, but, like, I don't think there was, there wasn't much family Halloween content to choose from. Because usually, when you think of October... A lot of the content ends up being like horror stuff, right? Not necessarily family friendly. Like Hocus Pocus is family friendly. Casper also comes to mind. I think that was another one that would like get shown a lot. Uh, yeah, but Casper is nowhere near the popularity. It's nowhere near as popular. Yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, Adam's Family would also get shown a lot during that this, might during rival this time it. Period. That might be one. Yeah, I don't think Adam's Family does not come anywhere near as it's quotable, but it's not as near as like. Well, it's a different legacy. You know, there's more to it's not just one film, it's it's a lot more to mm-hmm. it. Um, but at least those nineties films, you know, it was really the nineties. They were really trying to put Halloween into a family. And Halloween friendly. Town in the early aughts. Yes. From, Another from one Channel. that they they've really tried and with some people maybe, but not to the heights of Focus Pocus. I it, just think Hocus Pocus. Yeah, it has really its it has its hit. cult following also. Yeah. Um, you know, in nineteen ninety three when Hocus Pocus came out, they released it in July, first of all. Which yeah, is weird. I was I was telling Eddie this. I'm just like, well, no wonder it flopped. You have a Halloween movie in July. Seriously. Like, they had no faith in it, apparently. Um, the filmmaker. So who, isn't July like a blockbuster month? It is, but it's like, why would anyone be putting go a Halloween see movie? a movie about these Salem witches in, in July? Uh, and also, like, you know, the movies that came out in 1993, Jurassic Park, Mrs. Doubtfire, The Fugitive. Mm. Like, these are... This is yeah, what the no. competition was. Hocus Pocus didn't really have a chance. And the filmmaker, Kenny Ortega, this was his second... And I mean, like, he only directed 
he didn't direct until like high school musical three after hocus pocus but you know is he it, hispanic i think so actually i don't know too much about his background wow but i'll tell you yeah, right now that his first film was newsies which was another one that became kind of like a cult following i don't i'm not a member of that cult but you know like somehow, i'm shocked you love musicals yeah it's just not for me i didn't grow up watching it i think uh and this is my favorite part okay hocus pocus debuted at number four when it came out that week number one mm-hmm. was free willy Ew, god i hate free willy so much i know 29 years later who would have thought <laughs> that hocus pocus would get the sequel and everybody would be like pretty much forget about free willy well free willy had three sequels uh very close after and i think the third one was like direct to vhs or something but like who- no i could have said the third one was still on the movies wasn't it maybe Nobody's free talking Willy about Free Willy home? anymore. Nobody's talking about Free Willy. They, nobody's wearing Free Willy shirts. Oh, getting Free Willy mugs. <laughs> you know, I think that one did. That one did Free Willy dirty. That it movie did, did Free Willy <laughs> dirty. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about the movie Hocus Pocus. Um, stars Ben Midler and Sarah Jessica Parker and Kathy and Jimmy as a trio of witches named uh, their sisters, the Sanderson sisters. Uh, They were alive in Salem in the 1690s and they got, you know, hung for their witchcraft treachery because they were stealing the souls of children. They put a curse on themselves that, you know, if a virgin were to light a black flame candle, they could be resurrected. And it's not until 1993 when we meet Max and his little sister, Danny, and he on a, you know, trying to impress this girl, Allison lights the black flame candle and the Sanderson sisters are resurrected. It's pretty much, you know, it took me well into adulthood to realize that uh, the influence of the Sanderson sisters was the three stooges. Uh, oh, that's so funny. So, oh, actually, Eddie, you haven't said a single word here. And I think I know why someone is embarrassed to, to reveal that he had for the first time this weekend, he saw Hocus Pocus. Oh, wow. So what did you think? I found it very enjoyable. Yeah, it's 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 like a perfectly it a fine fun, movie. Yeah, yeah, like it's like fine. Like it's a good. Like I enjoyed it. I found it entertaining and fun. There were a moments where I was kind of rooting for the witches. Of course. Uh, you know, there's something about them that's kind of adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they say something like, "Oh, we want to eat kids," and then I'm like, "Oh, I can't root for you." Yeah. <laughs> so when like, you said, yeah, yeah, when you said Three Stooges, it reminded me that Eddie said this like halfway through the movie, like, "Oh, they like the Three Stooges," and I was just like, "Oh, you're right. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah." <laughs> well, I mean, when you grow I, up watching yeah. it, that doesn't resonate. Yeah. I mean, unlike a lot of my millennial friends, apparently, I haven't seen this movie since like. I, I guess high school maybe. Mm, mm-hmm. I'm not like a I'm not like a rewatcher. Like once I grew out of it, I was just like, all right, cool. And I knew you know I still know all the references. I've seen it enough times to know it, but it was a fun rewatch, especially with someone who had never seen it because I was just curious. I'm like, what is what is he gonna think as someone who has just not been enveloped by this culture, right? Like this yeah. love of the Sanderson sisters. Yeah, and you said and straight women, it. by the way, but also gay men, gay men, gay love culture Sanderson too. Sanderson. I would yeah. say so. I mean, I feel like the real big one might be straight women, but to rival it would be gay culture, particularly gay men, mm-hmm. because same thing with Mean Girls. Yes, same thing with Mean Girls, absolutely. Because at the end, I don't, you know, hey, straight men and lesbians are fans too, but you know, this is like the big demographic. Um, I think it's because you know, Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy and Jimmy. The way that they play these witches, yes, it's very Three Stooges, but it's also like they're just camping it up. And mm-hmm. it's almost borderline, you know, like drag queenie. Uh, oh, no, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why 
you have seen drag queens, you know. Mm-hmm. Do I mean there was a reference? I mean, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to that with the second yeah. one, but like, yeah, they're just like everything's you know turned to eleven. Uh, it's just so theatrical. It's just so silly. They're having so much fun with it, and they're like really just getting lost in the characters. And then their costumes are fabulous, and and it's just like it's so much fun that like I think that's why people love this movie too is because you kind of it's like a you know it's escapism and all this stuff but it's like harmless even though they are witches and there is some and then they perform you know and Bette Midler gets to show off her incredible musical skills Mm -hmm. uh and and then there's like the three of them are so different they all bring something into the table that everyone has one that they can relate to or they have a favorite you know like it's it's just very appealing in that sort of sense well that's so funny that you should say that because upon rewatching it, mm-hmm. I don't think Sarah Jessica Parker is kind of forgettable in this role. Oh, you think so? She has some of my I think, favorite moments in the movie, though. I think, I mean, obviously, like, let's be real. Like, Bette Midler is front and center star. Obviously, she, is, she has yeah. the most lines obviously. in the whole film. Yeah. Catherine Nijini is, I would say, the underdog, right? Because yeah. when I was growing up, I was, you know, I was, I was like, you know, she was like, maybe my least favorite Sanderson sister. Mm, mm-hmm. But now as the adult watching it, I'm like, oh no, she's easily the best one. I, I also I think say. the underdog is, is her and Bette Midler's chemistry. Um, because a lot of times in why you, you say Sarah Jessica Parker is the weak one, you know, because Sarah Jessica Parker sometimes in the background is just going off by herself. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Where, and exactly. then like, it's really all about Kathy and Bette and they're just, they clearly get along and they clearly really like each other. And they bounce off of one another so well. Um, but yeah, I do think that Kathy and Jimmy actually is the real scene stealer of the first movie. I mean, like, well, obviously she has it's body Bette language Midler. to her. Yeah, she no, does. yeah, Bette Midler is a star, but like, yeah, but Kathy and Jimmy can hold her own against Bette on screen. Like, uh huh. And it's like you know, when when rewatching this, I'm just like saying, it's like, oh yeah, she Kathy is, Kathy's great. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, you know, Sarah Jessica Parker was good in this role too. I mean, I I like though that because she's just like off doing her own thing that she's just doing random shit, you know, like she's either eating a spider or, you know, like looking for her just, rat tails or just like or jumping up and down. around. Yeah. yeah. And when I was younger, I just thought she was the hottest thing, you know, because obviously she was really hot in that first movie. Um, So, and then the kids were cute, Um, but the big thing, the big thing about the first movie that I think also people really like about it is that there's a talking cat in it. <laughs> you can't beat the and, talking cat, yeah. you know, and, and, and those effects and it up. works. Yeah. And, and you actually become emotionally connected to it. Like, I mean, did you ever kind of get emotional at the end when Thackeray Banks, you know, spoiler oh, yeah, alert, when I was a kid. Yeah. It's yeah. It like hits, you know, because you, you, you learn to love that poor boy and, and what happened. I would argue him. it's because of Thora Birch's great acting. Uh, yeah, she. I mean, she had to hold her own along a fake cat, you know. Yeah, no, it's just, that's good yeah. child acting for sure. Yeah. Zendaya could never. And, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> that's the only child actress that I could think of at the moment. Of course, she could. She has won two Emmys. Uh, <laughs> so. Also, you know, Omri Katz being Max. You know, Leonardo DiCaprio was supposed to be Max. Oh, was he? Yeah. Yeah. That would have been because back then he was kind of twerpy looking. Well, he chose to do what's eating Gilbert Grape instead. Oh, okay. Well, I guess he won out. So yeah, imagine though if this was in his filmography. Uh, but yeah, Hollywood. He would if he no because if this was in his filmography, mm-hmm. let's say his 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 career never changed outside the fact that he was in this film. He would just uh, completely, uh, what is it? 
he be snobby about it. He would not like he wouldn't talk about ever it want to acknowledge it. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, because he has this weird persona now where he's just like so serious. High, yeah, and it's just like, yeah. dude, you bang like twenty six year olds. Actually, that's not true. You stop banging them when they're twenty six. Like, <laughs> there you go. You're not. You're not, uh, you're not a good guy. Here. Yeah. Weird. Um, Eddie, did you have like a favorite scene? The music number, I think, is the one that you when they finish. Hell yeah. Is that I mean, it? The musical it, number? That's, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I think the music number was it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the music number is great. great. Yeah. Yeah. You know why? Yeah. It's because I, I saw them kind of like back to back, like one one day and the other. And now, so like they mesh in my head as one long movie. Mm, okay. Um, yeah. I guess we'll talk about this. We'll talk about the first one. We talk about the first one now, we'll right? Talk about the first one, yes. So yes. I think just the overuse of the word virgin in the first <laughs> one was kind of ridiculous. You know? Yeah. I just like, like him being a virgin too is just kind of like, come on. You know? I feel like, <laughs> I feel like, I don't know. It's true. Yeah. The word virgin I, got dropped so many times. You. Yeah. I would have thought you were like in Catholic school. Yeah, it was a little weird. It was like the 90s just casually doing this. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> I agree. It was kind of weird. And it's not something you think about until you're older, right? You just kind of like process that all when you're a child. Yeah, because I mean, when I watched it as a kid, I don't even think I knew fully. Like when I first saw this, I had no idea what that meant, like to be a virgin, right? Yeah. Yeah, me neither. And, like it didn't occur, despite the fact that at that point, I already knew the Virgin Mary, but I guess it never occurred to me that sex was a big po- yes. important component to the virginity aspect. Yes. Uh, but yeah, no, Eddie was right. He kept saying that. He's like, wow, they really, really drive at this point that he's a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> he's a kid. Seriously. Know? He's like 15 or 16. Um, yeah. I think 16. I think that's it. Yeah. Um, a person, I like the scenes where they just came back to 1993 and they don't know like how, like what cement looks like. So they think it's a black river and just like the comedy, like the stupid comedy that they find in like, you know, putting these 1690 witches in 1993. Um, I also like when they go to the, the devil's house, you know, and it's Gary that's Marshall. A, yeah, that's a good Marshall. sequence. Yes, yes. Yeah. Actually, that's one of my favorite scenes. <laughs> it's just so stupid. Because it's ridiculous. Yeah. And they're all like, each of them have like a great moment, you know, with Sarah Jessica Parker uh, calling him master, Kathy and Jimmy watching TV. I mean, yeah, it's just so stupid. But it works. I mean, my favorite is when they see the little girl dress up as an angel and she's like, bless you. And they just scream. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, hilarious. Um, uh, yeah, or when like, yeah. yeah, or just when they, they smack each other or they scream or just do Three Stooges stuff. Like, they actually make the Three Stooges funny. I never really found the Three Stooges funny, but I like Contrarian. references to them. So, yeah. Uh, I think, but from a structural point of view, though, this film actually works because it has a, it's a pretty standard story, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it, they're chasing, I don't even think, are we chasing a MacGuffin here? There's not really a MacGuffin per se. Was it the book? I think it was the what book. What were they after? I think it, they were after, they were for after the book for the them, first, and then for they were like after the first the book. two acts. Yeah, it was they were after the book for the first two acts, and then the third act they're trying to rescue uh, Danny, the the youngest sister. Yes, uh, but outside of that, but it's a solid structure in the sense of like they're just it's a chase movie that we're watching, right? And uh, we really just focus on either the kids or the witches, right? We're not. We don't really go off into like other tangents of other characters. We're really focusing on just those two uh, groups. Yes. For the entirety of the film. I just want to point that out 
for the our discussion yeah. on the sequel. Yeah, uh, and a major character is Book also in this one. He It's a book that they have all their spells from. They're pretty much useless without this book because uh, that's how mm-hmm. witchcraft works in this movie and, or in this universe. And this book has an eye, so this book is alive. It's actually an entity. Um, actually, The Sanderson system were the original Power of Three, huh? They were like yes. the charmed ones. Yeah, there you go. Hey, look at that. Um, I mean, there's a lot of lines that I think that, you know, have kind of made their way into, at least if you're a fan of Hocus Pocus, like everyone knows like another glorious morning makes me sick or, you know, a muck, a muck, a muck, a muck. Like people just, it's a very quotable movie at the end of the day. Uh, So I disagree. I don't know if that quotable, but well, you're not part of this fan base, it seems, but Uh, people quote this movie all the time Rolando like 29 (laughs) years later they had a sequel because people are obsessed so Mm. and it's time for us to talk about the sequel Hocus Pocus 2 which was first discussed out in the open as early in 2014 right that's when Walt Disney revealed that they are working on a supernatural they were just describing it as a supernatural comedy, right? Tina Fey was attached to the project at first, but eventually I think Variety revealed that, oh, it's in fact a Hocus Pocus sequel. So now by 2014, we're well into the, this is what, at this point, like what, almost 10, eight years ago, right? So this movie is already like a cultural thing for like people our age, because we've seen it so many times on either TV or movie rentals, right? So it makes sense that the, by 2014 they were discussing the sequel. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was later that year when Bed Midler, for some reason she was on Reddit's Ask Me Anything, re- you know, revealed that, oh yeah, if they ask me back for a sequel, I'm definitely interested. Uh, a year later, Andy Cohen pestered his bestie, Sarah Jessica Parker, into revealing that maybe she's interested in, you know, also working on a sequel. And uh, I think the movie was officially greenlit as early as 2018. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, 2019. It was announced in October 2019 that the film was in development officially for Disney Plus because if you guys remember back then, that's when we were about to launch that new on uh, that new streaming service. So this was going to be one of their things. Remember, they promised us a lot. Hocus Pocus 2 and Lizzie McGuire. So far, they've delivered only one of those two promises uh yeah and here we are with hocus pocus 2 yep uh it had actually the biggest premiere for disney plus's platform i think based on the amount of hours watched in the first three days it was their best disney plus premiere um i believe it i think it you know that movie bros in theater how it flopped totally flopped I think a big part of it is that people stayed home to watch Hocus Pocus 2. I agree. I genuinely believe that. Yeah. It's just like, oh, they were kind of, they were screwed. I mean, I know a lot of people don't want to see rom-coms, but more people definitely saw this than bros. Well, also, you know, Rolando, you're a testament to not wanting to go to the theater for only, unless mm-hmm. it's for certain things. So that I think is a reason for it. But also like Billy Eichner was like the strays in support. I'm like, well, I don't think the gays did either. Like, I think yeah, that no, people no. are just not going to the theater as much as they used to for oh, but films if we're going like this by, caliber. Yeah, but I mean, out of my circle, a lot of homosexuals, I'm led to believe, had seen, uh, what's it called, bros and had recommended it. Did you see it? No, I had not. Did I do you, want to go see it. I want to see it too, but whatever. Uh, Hocus Pocus 2, had it been released in theaters, would you have gone opening weekend? No. 
There you <laughs> Probably go. Probably not. Like, I, I definitely. Yeah. People just don't want to support movies in the theater anymore. Which is important to how I do consume this film, though, and how I take it all in at the end when I'm making my final opinion on the film. Yeah. I will also. With no, it's important. To, it is important for me to recognize that if this movie had come out in theaters, would I have seen it? No. Therefore, my standard of judgment has to change for how I judge this as a film. Okay. Um, okay. That makes sense in its own way. I will say that it was actually, I think it was a good choice to not release it theatrically. I mean, one, it flopped theatrically, but this film found its audience when it was, you know, in the in the home videos. Yeah, slash, in the home, home, you yeah. Know, uh, uh, home consumption. Also, like, just being played on Disney Channel or on ABC Family or whatever. So they, they kind of knew that this was the best route for them to go. And it was a huge success. I, I'm pretty sure, yeah, like Hocus Pocus 2, everyone was making plans that I saw on social media of people watching it this weekend, at least in the millennial fan base. I don't know. If- I mean, my, my TikTok was full of ladies showing you how to make like charcuterie boards to honor the Sanderson sisters yeah. this weekend, right? Some of them were cute. I wanted to do them, but yeah. unfortunately I had a sprained ankle and couldn't really have a get together. I had a watch party with someone who made a charcuterie board. So that Did they make a Sanderson sister charcuterie board? Yes. Like they made a look at the Sanderson sisters. Did she probably saw the same TikTok? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I should tell them to post it on TikTok. Yeah, I, I I didn't even realize that that's what they were doing until I was like, hey, that kind of looks like Winifred. Um, yeah, and it's interesting too because, well, okay, let's just talk about the plot of this movie before I say that. Um, this it's place all over the place takes <laughs> twenty nine. It takes place twenty nine years later, um, and. 2022 we have these three new characters it's no longer max allison and danny we get three girls who are all in the same grade uh their names are what are their names becca becca izzy izzy and their estranged friend cassie cindy oh cassie Cassie. uh and becca's played by whitney peak izzy by belissa escobedo and cassie by lila buckingham or lilia buckingham I don't, is, I don't know if that's Lilia, any- Lilia Buckingham. <laughs> I just don't want to say the poor girl's name wrong. Um, yeah, they're three friends, but you know they had a falling out with Cassie because Cassie had a boyfriend. And Cassie's now like hanging out with kind of like the quote unquote cool kids, and Becca and Izzy. You know they're kind of uh, they're into witchcraft. They're just they don't fit the popular you know definition, I suppose, in their high school. And yeah, these girls are like into brujeria, basically, right? Like kind of, yeah. Um, like they have like protection stones with them to help them with the pop quiz or the, you know, like they apparently say chance to the pack to the point where if she just randomly says a bunch of words to taunt this guy, he actually believes she's putting a curse on him, but he's also led to, we're led to believe he's a complete idiot. Yeah. He, I mean, so, I mean, <laughs> he's one of the most annoying characters I think I've seen. <laughs> In a long time. Oh, really? I didn't find him as annoying. Really? You know I think it was... To be honest, it was nobody so in this movie annoyed me that much, so... Oh, he did. He was so annoying. Actually, so was the mayor, played by Buster from Arrested Tony Development. Tony Hale. Uh, Tony, thank you. I thought, like... I, I take issue with some of the character developments on this movie, and I know it's kind of a dumb thing to say for a Disney Plus original, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, I can't ask, I'm not asking for like gold here, but I think they spread themselves too thin by introducing too many characters that I don't care about. Just really, 
the the whole appeal of the original film is that I got to focus on these three kids, two, mind you, who are forming like a relationship. Yeah. And uh, one who is the little sister, so there's an automatic protection mm-hmm. that you feel towards well, her, right? Well, technically, it's so four characters because there's Zachary Banks. No, the cat don't count. The cat counts. Uh, <laughs> He's the one that makes you cry at the end when he dies. And and then the sisters. So, I mean, for... You forgot to mention that, like, we open on the sisters, right? We get an origin story for the sisters. Yes, we get an origin story. Uh, Who, by the way, there's a little girl. Is she related to Bette Midler? Yeah, good question. Because uh, if she is not... Someone give her an Oscar. <laughs> her name is Taylor Henderson, and as far as I know, I, I don't know if she. She was. Related. She must have watched so much of uh, the original Hocus Pocus because she got those mannerisms down packed. Yeah, no, she did a good job. Yeah, but no, yeah. So, but my qualm here is that like a lot of the there were so many characters that were being introduced throughout this movie that it's just like, oh, that's all. Like, just give me. I would have been fine just focusing on Becca and her. Her, her her two friends. Mm. We don't need all these characters. Okay, yeah. Uh, you're, Including, you're... for example, the the magician shop owner Gilbert. who, yeah, who gives the mind you, and I like the actor. I actually do like him. Uh, but who he's the one who gives the girls a candle because he wants them to light it in order to resurrect the Sanderson sister. Because spoiler alert, he was there on the night the Sanderson sisters first rose from the dead. And so he was trying to bring them back. Mm-hmm. And uh, once his sisters are back, instead of like, you know, trying to create that life spell, they decide we're just going to create a, We're just going to use a spell that makes us the most powerful, whichever, which is ever. Yeah. And that is the plot of the film, right? She is after the spell components to make her the most powerful, whichever Becca and her friends are trying to stop her. That includes Tony Hale's character, who is the mayor of the town because he is the ancestor of one of the people that Winifred hated and therefore she needs the blood of the descendant. Yeah. And the backstory, the origin story, it really kind of shows that Winifred's always kind of been uh, slightly delusional and very mm. uh, uh, aggressive in a lot of ways. You know, like she, like we meet, we don't even see her and she's just like charging her way through like a crowd just to get home for some reason. I think it's like her birthday. I mean, it is her birthday, but like, I don't know why she's like, you know, bumping into everyone on her way home. It's She's just, mad. It's just who she is. It's just like her, yeah, the pre- her energy. The, the mayor, yeah, the mayor was going to betroth her to some guy she didn't want to marry. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And then like, like the Yeah. Which I understand her frustration. Like that I, I understand, yeah. Yeah, for like I mean, considering like I didn't need a Sanderson sister origin story, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it right? either. Yeah. I don't know if I needed I just don't know if I needed it is the thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, this whole movie is, like you said, definitely not needed to. Uh, we also we also got, like, a little bit more of a backstory to the Billy Butcherson story. Like, whose boyfriend mm-hmm. was he? And pretty much, right, like, Winifred being slightly delusional was, like, she was my boyfriend, even though they shared one kiss. And she was just a young kid Doug in love Jones. with him. Yes, again, the same guy who played Billy Butcherson in the first one. Yeah, the Doug Jones, for anyone who doesn't know, but he Guillermo is Doug usually... Charo. Yeah. Yes, he's usually the one that you'll see in a lot of prosthetic makeup and stuff. That's like his calling card. Like if there's a character that's in heavy prosthetics, it's usually him. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So we we kind of get an origin story about how the witches got their power, and essentially there was you know a witch who wanted to you know steal their souls for herself, but then she realized the power that was in Winifred, and that she kind of encouraged them to become witches, which was like okay, like you know everything was like fine. 
it wasn't like ooh that's why or it wasn't in particularly engaging it was just you know okay sure i'll take this i thought i accept it all right and again i know we're jumping around here but sorry guys but this why introduce this character if we're not going to like use her see her again at all especially when they imply that she's there because like when we go to modern day salem you know they like one of the first shots we see is the same eagle in the sky or whatever hawk or whatever so it's Uh like okay so she's coming back and then we never see her (laughs) yeah like because i I, the movie was really trying to go out of its way i think kind of to a fault to not make the Sanderson sisters as evil as they were in the first one, right? They were comically evil in the first one. Here, they're trying to give them a little bit of a softer side Mm -hmm. by the end of the film. And it doesn't necessarily... I don't think it worked, in my opinion, because it, like, I don't know. It just didn't... I just feel like it didn't work. Like, it just... I felt like it came out of left field towards the end. Like, I understand, like, the power of sisters and, like, I don't want them to, you know... Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. I mean, like I said, I'm jumping ahead, but yeah. Uh, well, also their objective I, is it's different. Just like you, yeah. Well, yeah, but the thing is, it's just like if you introduce a character who could be a uh, adversary, who can who can be the foil to show like, oh, this is what real villainy looks like. Mm-hmm. Then the Sanderson sisters could pay, uh, don't look as bad in comparison. It can even be heroes by the end, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Instead, they're still trying to do all their evil things. And when there's a price to pay is when they, like, have their, like, you know, have their come-to-Jesus moment or, like, whatever the witchcraft <laughs> equivalent. Come-to-Satan moment? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do agree with you because they also were like, okay, well, what do people want from a Hocus Pocus sequel? You know, they want the three women to return, obviously. They want musical numbers and they want comedy. And we're also in 2022 where we have to be really careful and we can't throw around the word virgin as much <laughs> Um, so you know, I What's do think virgin? they were scaling it back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so which is interesting because you know this movie we kind of get two musical numbers. Uh, we did get two. I actually appreciate at least the first one breaks the fourth wall a little because as they be as the girls are being chased, I think one of them asks is just like, "Who are they singing to?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Which I found I actually did laugh out loud for that because I too was asking, "Is like what?" What is this musical that we're never getting? <laughs> like, I know, like the moment so they weird. come back, it just they just burst into song, and you either are the like, "Which is back?" This is what I've been waiting for. Or you're like, "What?" Um, that is not what I was waiting for. Yeah, I, quite I know the opposite. I was just, I like, know that's what you were not waiting for. You might be someone. Uh, the, the I wanted no, no, might no. be someone who. Of that course, was for. I wanted a musical number. I needed it to be organic, as it was in the original film. Yeah, well, that's what the second number is. Yes, the lesser song. One way or another, I'm just like, ugh. I like that one. I love you that like song. It? That's such yeah. a great song, yeah. The song yeah. is fine, but like, how is it witchy? I think it's because they're going to get you. Witches? Mm, <laughs> you know. Like, there's no way you could escape them one way or another. We couldn't do Superstitious by the great... Oh, Stevie damn. Wonder. Thank you, Stevie Wonder. Mm, like, No, it's also just like, it's too like... It's not as upbeat, right? Like they wanted something where it's like, you know, like the like superstitions too, like jazzy. It wouldn't have fit, I think. Yeah, change it up a little. Yeah, true. Uh, Lyrically, I don't know if I think the song choice was totally. Bette Midler could have done it. Bette Midler can do anything. No, this movie proved it. She's like as much as I could complain about this film because I do have complaints about it. I do think Bette Midler 
absolutely 100% committed to the 29 role. 29 years, they, she hasn't skipped a beat in this Oh, role. yeah, no, her, actually, her, Kathy Najini, and even Sandra Zuck Parker, like, they committed. Yeah. And I respect. It's just like, you know what? Respect where we're given. Like, this is a Disney Plus original movie. You did not have to do this work. Okay, well. But they did. I, I think they're, I agree. But I do think that some of the material that particularly uh, Kathy Najimy was given was not up to what she deserved, right? Because we said that she was like kind of like the showstop, the scene stealer in the original film, you know? And she's like the secret glue there. But in this movie, I just felt like all of her jokes felt flat. Oh, really? Like I, when okay. she's on like the little... Uh, the Roombas? The Roombas and she goes, oh Cowabunga. It's like, why is she saying Cowabunga? Like that, I just oh, didn't whoa, find whoa, that I funny. Whoa, 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 hang on. We could take issue with that, but then we had to take issue then with the first movie when Winifred is like, pull over. What Show me your lights. It's just like, all right. When she's like uh, on the broom chasing the kids and she pulls up like next to oh my gosh, uh, Max totally in forgot the car. That. Wow. You and then she says, that. pull over. Good. Yeah. Pull over. That's a good Show one. Show me your license. It's just like, how would she know that? That's, how would she know that? No, that's a good so one. Yeah. For, but it's, you have to forgive here. I, I do <laughs> forgive, but it, it, as a joke, it felt flat because I'm also used to Sarah being like, the secret glue, the one who's like always going to come through and clutch and make me laugh. So they always just like Mary. Uh, you're right, Mary. My apologies. So I'm just used to like, wait a minute. Mary's lines are just not working for me. I don't know. Like they, was, they just were like meh to me. I think Mary was a little more physical comedy. This one. I, I actually like there was something physically funny about seeing her on those Roomba. That was funny. Yeah. And mind you, this is like a joke that was kind of already foretold in the posters. They should have held on to it because yeah, it would have been funny. Hilarious yeah. about just seeing her like, you know, like almost like skiing. Well, I think the sky Mary was. Also, yeah, I think Mary was also kind of sacrificed so that they could give more for Sarah played by Sarah Jessica Parker, because in the first one, she's just kind of in the background and Sarah Jessica Parker wasn't a star back then. I mean, now this is post Sex in the City major star Sarah Jessica Parker. So they're like, OK, she kind of has to be second to Bette Midler and not Kathy and Jimmy. Right. Because she got second billing, too. So. Yeah. So I think that's also why I'm a little disappointed with what I'm not disappointed in Kathy and Jimmy. I'm disappointed with what she had to work with. I don't think it was, you know, uh, worth her and what she brings why? to the I table. Every time she just kept threatening the girls in the Walmart, the Walgreens, like she was, I don't know. I, yeah. Kathy, did you be like, yeah, nowhere near as, uh, as strong material as in the first one, but still, I, I thought she was great regardless. And she's uh, great. It could have been, they just could have given her better material. I'm mad for her. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I'm not, I'm not upset with her. This just reminds me of one thing. I was really mad that like we spent like 15 minutes at Walgreens for this movie <laughs> yeah. because it was talk about product placement. It was just like Eddie made a good point while watching it. Was like, well, that makes sense, right? Like we're very youth oriented as like very youth culture oriented. So the Walgreens would be the place for the witches to go and you can make a comment about that. But it, for me, it felt more like, uh, product placements. Yeah. Like, Oh, retinol. That's a great name for a deceased boy or something. Um, retinol is not like a brand that's uh no i know but still like like after a while the jokes are just like okay we get it move on right move on yeah yeah even that i don't mind it was just the setting i guess i just feel like walgreens paid big money to have it set in their store okay and it showed okay sure right? like i could just see and that's just my and this is probably me as someone who does work in production who just like i could just see behind the veil on that one you know mm. Mm -hmm. Or it could be just commentary about these 
big corporate um, franchises kind of like in these small towns kind of taken away from the mom and pops. Look at Eddie. Always always looking at the positives. I actually, (laughs) I think, I don't see it, but that could have been actually, you actually could have done a little, if you were, if this was in, again, it's a Disney Plus original. Yeah. Like, uh, but I, I, you know what? That's not a bad read. And I actually, okay, fine. I could take it. Yeah. Do they, they don't really go to many other, like they go to then to the main town in Salem. And then yeah, after like that, the... they just go to the house where they're trapped in the circle. Uh-huh. And then they go to the forest. Right. So those are the locations. And they, those are like the settings. Yeah. Like the festival. Okay. The Halloween festival. So yeah, that the uh, Halloween festival, that's where the musical number happens. And that's where, on stage are a bunch of Sanderson Sanderson costumes that are like having like a a costume challenge or whatever. Mm -hmm. And there's three drag queens on stage. Was Mystique, Plastique Tiara was one of them, Plastique Tiara. Uh Uh-huh. Kimora, no, sorry. Kimora Hall was actually that playing Sarah. Cornbread. Kimora Hall? Kimora Hall was the one who, we're all rooting for you. Oh, oh, that's Kamora. Okay, that's I know. Kimora yes, Hall. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, Cornbread and Ginger Minge. And Ginger, ah, I thought so. And these are you RuPaul Drag Race queens, if you don't know. Now, here is the gag of this film. Mm-hmm. You're telling me that the winners were those three basic bitches and not, <laughs> not the, drag the drag queens? queens? I would have raised hell. Like, I, yeah, I would, I was, I, I, like, that's, there's your joke. Yeah. That's like, that's where you make it funny. It's just like the drag queens win. They're going I up. I know. And now... They gave it, to, they gave it to, like, who are those people? They're not even, like, real people. <laughs> right. Like, it's like, so it's just like, kind of like, I just feel like you missed the mark on that one, Disney. And I don't know. Yeah. I'm not here to judge, but I just feel like, was it, was it just the fear of like having the drag queens too long on screen? Maybe, well, they kept cutting back you know to I mean? them like a lot. They get for reaction shots, but like then give them the prize. They clearly would have. Let's be real, drag queens would have won. Yeah, like in Massachusetts, they would have won. Maybe not yeah. in Mississippi. Sorry, right? I, I'm exactly. just being real. So yeah, I, I just felt the homophobia Disney is showed. <laughs> but yeah, and then of course the Sanderson sisters don't win, and they're outraged because they're like, "What?" But then yeah, they're the real. But yeah. yeah, but then they're looking, they want Tony Hale. They want the mayor because I think in order for Winifred to, her goal in this movie is that she wants like the ultimate power, right? Like she was warned the, when she was 16 years Maxima. old to get the Magica Maxima power. And they were like, don't do it. Pretty much the book was like, don't do it. It's just bad. Which is dumb. Why is there a spell then? Yeah, right? Like here's a spell, but don't do it. <laughs> Um, like both the witch and the book say no. It's just like okay, but but because we get a more, and more in the second, in the second movie that the book itself is his own person. Yeah. Yes. Too. I, so and and it almost seems that the book cares because the book, they get the book. We find out in the origin story is they get they get you know I thought originally they make a comment that they got this book directly from the devil. Yeah. You know? I mean that's what the legend was. So right? but. It's like they get it from a, another witch sister, which they refer to as mother. And um, and so they get this book, but they're kids when they get it. I mean, the oldest one is 16. So he's basically been part of this trio for quite some time with them. And now he knows. He knows them. He knows them. So he knows that the ultimate sacrifice would be what would be what the ultimate sacrifice would be. 
yeah to get such yeah power. like oh yeah don't do it if you want it because what's going to happen is that you have to sacrifice something and and what winifred comes to learn too late spoiler alert guys is that she has to sacrifice the things she loves most in life which are her two sisters right so and... at the end after she's assist you know she's got gilbert to assist her and getting everything she needs to complete the spell the head of a lover all these other things where billy butcherson comes back okay yeah. before we do get to the ending this is the other thing that kind of drove me a little crazy we didn't need these scenes of gilbert and billy butcherson like waltzing around town like collecting these things you know what i mean this is what i meant it's just like the movie was spreading itself too thin like yeah just i don't know. Give, i mean I, felt, I wasn't uh, bothered by it I me was. either. I was like, um, I don't know. It's it's because I feel like each movie you only have only like the movie itself in the sense of time within the movie is only a couple of hours. It's Halloween, right? right? It's Halloween night, so everything has to happen within a couple of hours. So it's like the rise of the sisters and the fall of the sisters in four or five hours, right? And sometimes that makes. I felt like the town felt small. Mm-hmm. because of it in the first movie mm. but in the second movie i got more sense of other characters and people living in this town and being part of this legend of the sisters you know the sisters are now are now looked of more fondly in this time period right similar to how we see now the wicked witch of the west from oz mm-hmm. in this okay. time period in this this generation now looks more fondly and understanding yeah to the Wicked Witch, the same idea with the with the sisters. Uh, so to have this, and and also I'm a big fan of these actors too. Um, I thought that was just pretty cool. I don't know. I enjoyed. Yeah. I enjoyed the little the little side story that was going on there. I mean, did I need it? No, but did I? Did I? Did it distract me, or did it bother me? No. Um, I yeah, I thought everything actually pretty pretty much worked in this film because usually when you what? get a film that is like a sequel or a revival or something, you know, that is this old or that people have been dying for, they'll bring people back and it's like this big thing like, oh, they throw a ball and then somebody catches a ball and then like camera zooms in and it's this person from the original film. Like they always make such a big moment out of that. And it's it's almost like what these movies become. This movie doesn't have any of that. These are all new characters. No, yeah, I don't, other than the three witches, no one has returned, and they're really and just Billy Butcherson, uh, just Billy and the sisters, and they're just telling a different story here. And this is the story that they happen to tell, and this is you know the side story that they happen to tell in this movie. Mm. Um, so it didn't bother. I mean, like, do I think it's the greatest movie? No, but at the same time, I thought it was perfectly fine. I mean, it's definitely better than their previous Disney Plus <laughs> release, Pinocchio. Oh my god, <laughs> like, yeah, that was no good, guys. Back to the Maxima, what was it, Magica Maxima or something? Magica Maxima. She has to oh, sacrifice. Yeah, and she has to sacrifice something, ends up being her two sisters. And then the movie kind of takes a shift tone or a tone shift or whatever. Um, and her sisters pretty much, you know, they disappear. They're sacrificed yeah, they disappear for like this in spell. The Infinity War, you know. Okay, I didn't see that, so I'll take dust. your word for that. Um, you haven't seen the memes? My God. I know, I ignore it. Um, and then Winifred realizes like, holy shit, what did I do? And it actually becomes like this emotional moment where she realizes that like, you know, every, everything we've seen in the first movie and this, and so far in the second movie, you know, these, her, her desire for power, her desire to live forever, this witchcraft, it actually kind of needs, means nothing. 
because now mm-hmm. her s- two sisters are no longer with her and all of that disappears and Winifred becomes vulnerable and she's just like you know what I don't want this what did I do I realized too late what I wanted to the point where like book was trying to tell her the whole goddamn movie don't do it don't do it and then after she did it they like cut to book and book is like shedding a tear because you know he's he's seeing this person that he loves so dearly you know reap the error of her ways and it was an emotional moment, you know, like I'm very easily susceptible to these things. But I was like, this is kind of getting me here. I mean, what did you think? Did that did that kind of like work for you? Did it not uh, work for you? Then it didn't not work for me. <laughs> <laughs> like it was fine. <laughs> it makes oh, me feel so heartless. But, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, it was just kind of like how how do you resolve this film in well i looked at the clock and i was like well we still have like 22 minutes so like there's gotta be a way to resolve this spoiler guys 14 of those minutes are credits (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh my god seriously disney plus has a problem with that um well it worked for me because at the end of the day too i've been watching movies for a long time and there's not many of them that show the importance and the beauty of sisterhood um they exist but there's just not a lot and you don't realize how kind of starved you are for content until you get it. And you're like, wow, I didn't One, I didn't movies never go in this direction. You need more frozen. In your and life? is that the only example you have? Cause like two movies, it's... Rolando two, <laughs> too many in my opinion. Well, another witch movie like this is practical magic. Yes. Yeah. Like, and they usually have to do with witches, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, that's the only time sisterhood exists. Yes. Yeah, yeah, sisterhood exists, but, yeah. um, but not only <laughs> that's true. It is, uh, but uh, but it is interesting <laughs> in that very you know it speaks to Ben Miller's acting ability. Mm-hmm. But in that that moment, that minute when she realizes it and her face changes, mm-hmm. and just the tone of her voice, and it just draws you in, and you feel for her, you feel for her, and it's like it's, it's one of these moments, like those kind of moments. Is like, oh, I wish you were the good guy. You know, and you know, because I'll be rooting for you, but I'm rooting for you right now to make the right decision or whatever yes. that is. Yes. So you can you can be with your sisters again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And then you don't, and then you realize it too. You're like, yeah, no, that's like what we love is the three of them together. Like every the dynamic changes when they're not there, and you know, Bette Midler has the screen all to herself, and she delivers honestly. Like for a 76 year old actress. <laughs> who's re- reprising this role from 29 years earlier she's doing one hell of a job so mm-hmm. uh, you know my i just i appreciate the shit out of bet midler um and i think yeah like i'm so happy for her you know because people don't really you know this gay community now this gay culture now doesn't really talk about midler other than outside of hocus pocus so it's like nice she's getting maybe a little bit of a revival or something I thought she was wonderful in this film. No, yeah, I thought like, she was really great. Like I, I like when I finished the film, I was just like, you know what, Ben Midler, she, she still got it. She, she, she. Uh, I, the weight of this film was not entirely on her shoulders, mm-hmm. but she did carry a bulk of it. I would say. No, she did. Yeah. yeah, and it's also like you expect all the beats to be similar from the first film. So when you get to that beat where it's like the the conclusion sunrise is about to happen, they're about to disappear. They have to, you know, complete the spell or what it, you know, when it actually differentiates from it and goes in a completely different direction that you weren't like uh, expecting, it was just nice. I thought it was successful. And so to me, I thought this movie was good. I didn't ask for this movie. I never wanted this movie, but to me, I thought this movie was good. Oh, 
That's are you maybe blinded by your love of like the the, the nostalgia of the maybe. well, if you are coming the from the perception that this was a bad movie, then you could use the word blinded. But I will say it was influenced by my love for the original. I grew up oh. loving that film, and but at the same time, who is this movie made for? It's made for I mean, us who grew up watching this movie, loving it, who wanted you know, to see these women do it again, which is why we got two musical numbers and it was mainly comedy and they were focused on the sisterhood aspect of it. Yeah. I mean, I'm fully aware that this movie was made for like someone like me who grew up with this film and like does appreciate it. And even rewatching it, realize realizing then only like this past weekend was like, Oh no, this is a good, I understand why this movie is so loved for this holiday season. Right. With that said, upon finishing the sequel i felt it was i thought good is not what i would describe it mediocre is what i would describe Serious? it um, and i think i think for me it's just like a lot of, i think a lot of i think where the movie shines is when the sanderson sisters are on screen but i think sometimes the, the jokes do feel flat they do get repetitive uh it's uh i think going off into all these different characters stories i just didn't need that per se I really would have just been happy focusing on Becca and her friendship group, right? And then using that, like, I think the film tries to do at the end, like, it's just like, you're so, when Winifred says, you're so lucky to have your friends, you know, is that what she said, right? Because they're like the equivalent to her sisters. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like, that point could have been made a little bit stronger if the focus of the film really focused on these two girls and the one girl really mending their friendship, right? If it didn't just happen in, like, a scene. I don't disagree with you, you know? that, like, some of the jokes fell flat. And I do think that the main three characters could have been a little bit more explored because they didn't feel as fully realized as, say, Max Even, and like, Danny Becca's, like, and Alice magic and felt, like, a little bit, like, not entirely developed. You know what I mean? Like, like we could have been getting, like, more hints of that earlier in the film and stuff. Like, you know. Yeah. But I'm just saying, it's just, like, for a film, it was just, like, I thought it was, like, mediocre. I actually thought, and this is why I said, it's just, like, judging it based off of a film that I saw at a theater or if I saw this at home. I think the movie, for me, felt like a Disney Channel original film. Right? That's what it felt like through, through and through. And if I'm going by that metric, this was a fine film. Right? And I think that's okay. But overall, I do think it's a mediocre film, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's how I felt. It was a mediocre film. Eddie, you seem to have disagreed. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. I you you it enjoyed it. it. Yeah. And that's that's great, considering you actually didn't even... I have even... no nostalgia for this. Exactly. So, you know, and but those, on, those, I'll, those I'll those be the fun. first to admit, like, on Rotten Tomatoes, like, it has a solid 60, which is, like, you know... Way more than the first one. Yeah, true. Be- Way more than the first one. <laughs> the first one was panned critically. And it's still... So the same mm-hmm. I mean, having said that, all what I agree with you, I do think that those things are just kind of like, you know, um, the side dish to the main course here, which are the Sanderson sisters. And in terms of their storyline and in terms of their performances, I think if that didn't deliver, this would have not worked. And it did deliver. Agree. And that's why I think this movie was. I don't think it was great. I don't think it. I, you know, when I say good, my metrics are not like top 10 of the year. But I still think that it was, I think it was like pretty, I think it was good. Medium, right? I'm not like low, high. I'm pretty like medium about it. Oh, so that's so. where I feel. Yeah, so I guess we're on the same place. I wouldn't use mediocre though. No, I think it was good. Oh, no. Then yeah, no, we're not on the same place. <laughs> and uh, 
I think, you know, I'm just talking about the overall film. Like, yeah, I'm, I will praise the Sanderson sisters performance on this one. Yeah. But that alone does not make it a good film in my opinion. Yeah. It makes it a fine film. You're definitely the, the, yeah, the Winifred I, of the three of us, but who's the Sarah and who's the Mary? That's the question. I think you might be Sarah. I think Eddie might be Mary. Well, I guess, you know, in terms of I'm the bond Mary. between um, Winnie and Mary, then, yeah, it would be you too. Right, yeah. I'm Eddie just in the like background doing my own thing. The doting follower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, Who could smell children? <laughs> yeah. I'm really good at smelling children. All right. I guess my final metric that I want to judge this film by is just like, will I watch this again for a Halloween season? Mm-hmm. Probably not. Okay. The Hocus Pocus, the original one? Yeah. Probably. Oh, hell yeah, I, like yeah. when I have like when I have kids down the line, like this is probably gonna be a movie that like I'll probably push onto the the first one. Maybe if they ask eventually they're like, is there more? I'm just like, I guess. Yeah. We'll see this one, but I'm not happy about it. Is that how you like mainly decide for yourself whether or not a film is a success or not, whether or not you would rewatch it? I think whether or not I would rewatch it is an important factor for me sometimes okay. because I don't like rewatching films in general oh right <laughs> so, so then that's really so I, tough yeah right so if i want to rewatch it it's just like what a good sign <laughs> like nope <laughs> nope i've been dying to rewatch that and i haven't gotten around to it okay if, what if a movie like stays with you and you like you know you can really remember it and, and like you keep thinking about it but you don't want to rewatch it is it a good movie it depends on the movie okay i'm right. a hard I'm, i have my i don't know I don't have like a set metric here for me. Yeah. This was just like a movie that I just would probably just never watch again compared to the original, especially seeing them like I did with Eddie, like back to back, basically. Right. We mm-hmm. saw them one night after. Another. Oh, that's cute. And uh, it was still like, it's just like, wow, the original, it just pales. Like if I hadn't seen, if I had done the usual thing where I watch the new one first and then go back to the other one, maybe then I would have been like a little more forgiving, but to have just seen Hocus Pocus the night before, I was just like, I don't know. Yeah. Kind of a, a little bit of a rough watch. Maybe that, yeah. I don't know. Well, hey, you know, we all feel differently. But maybe that impacted your viewing of it, too, comparing it I don't immediately know. I, after I, the first one. I'm more inclined to believe a lot more people would agree with me than <laughs> <Of course>. you. <laughs> and here's why. Of course. But the reason is, all the buildup for on my social media feed leading up to this weekend to see Hocus Pocus disappeared and not a peep has been uttered about the film overall. Actually, the couple of peeps I saw was from the my the gay channels that I follow was just like starting it and then hating it and stopping like 10 minutes in. Oh, really? Oh, wait, <laughs> yeah. there's a post credit <laughs> scene. Did you guys see that? Yeah. yeah. I, so there's another black candle. Yeah, they're pretty much saying there could be a third one. God, I hope not. <laughs> I mean, they're going to die and come back again. All right, whatever. How old are they going to look this time? I thought <laughs> I was assuming that this would be this like it would be spin off into a series with the three girls living like the charmed life kind of like they become the new Sanderson sisters and stuff. And uh, it'd be like charmed for Disney Plus mm. and like, the kids and for kids. Yeah, obviously. Where they say virgin eight times every episode. They're constantly saving Salem, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. We didn't talk about how old they look, but you know, I don't think that's important. I to... mean, they're yeah, like they're they age twenty nine years. Forgive them. Yeah, Kathy. Sorry, sorry. 
probably aged the best in my opinion. Yeah, she lost all that weight and stuff. Is, I don't think is it's it just me? that. I think it's also like I think she just has hasn't plumped up her face as the other two. Well, that's the thing. Why does Sarah Jessica Parker's face facial structure look like it's changed? Like like literally yeah. like the shape of her face has changed. It's called filler. Is that what it is? Like really yeah. changed the shape of her face. Why do you think like I mean Beth Midler, God bless her, was trying to emote, but like all that filler in her face is just like just like a Nicole Kidman. It's just like sometimes it's hard to move those muscles when you inject so. so much poison but into them. Nobody else's like bone structure look like they've they've changed as I, much yeah, as you Sarah's. get puffy, like as you get puffy the more uh the more injectables you put and like, you know what happened with Friends? Like, the Friends cast? Like, a lot of plastic surgeons says, like, the problem probably was that they just put it in, like, too too recently. You got to give that shit, like, a month to, like, kind of, like, settle. Uh, yeah. Like, you know, ca- you know, pl- plastic uh, cosmetic work is no joke. And uh, I think she probably made the mistake of, like, uh, some people do, which is just thinking, like, right before the event, do it. But that's when your face is going to look the puffiest. Yeah, maybe that's why. Hmm. But yeah, but I mean, I didn't I, like. I wasn't. I'm not gonna judge her for like looking like they got older. Like it's called life. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. I thought I'm not I, judging them, but it honestly, I think they look. I thought they looked great for, <laughs> considering it's been 29 years. Yeah, and I felt so sad when I found out it was 29 years. Like I'm just like, oh god, it's been 30 years almost since this this film. Yeah. Wow. Wait. So I was six when this movie came out. Uh, five. Wow. I can't believe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't watch this movie until I was like easily like eight or nine. Yeah, I didn't watch it in theaters or anything. So, but yeah. what did you guys think? Did you watch Hocus Pocus two? Are you a fan of the first or the second one? Let us know your thoughts. Email us remakes reboots revivals at gmail.com Hit us up on Instagram at remakes reboots revivals, on Twitter at remakes podcast. Search for us on Facebook, facebook.com slash remakes reboots revivals, and you can find us at YouTube remakes reboots revivals and if you want to call in and leave a voicemail for us you could call in at this number 862-248-2326 that's 862-248-2326 and like i said at the beginning of this podcast if you enjoy this podcast please go to your listening platform and give us a rating and if you can uh leave a little review that would also help so yeah thanks so much for uh for listening and uh, bye-bye bye-bye That's it. That's what yeah. That's yeah, the ending. That's Until next time. Stay an original. original.